Glad to see you all here tonight. And normally when I preach, I, I tell you, I don't look at any one particular person. But if I look over this way, I can't help it. There's only two to choose from. So uh, you guys pick which one I'm looking at. But uh, uh, it's one of you two. But, um, you know, it, it is this time of year uh, is we often talk about the, the Christmas spirit, don't we? The Christmas spirit. And we talk about getting into the Christmas spirit. And uh, how many of, the, of us love the, this time of year, just the Christmas season? How many are going to be sad to see it go? Yeah, there's going to be many of us will be sad to see that go. You know, we talk about getting into the Christmas spirit. And, and um, you know, at Christmas Eve, Stacy and I, when we left the Christmas Eve service here, we went into Urbana. I don't know what it's called, but there's a couple blocks or a few blocks of street in Urbana that's got all these Christmas lights. If you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, I'm sure some of you know what it's called. Candlestick Lane. Now I know the name of it. So the Candlestick Lane. We go to Candlestick Lane. We, we, we drove down there. And, uh, and we have all these houses with all these lights on both sides. And cars are shutting off their lights and things like that. And, uh, but then there was one house in the middle of all these that stuck out like a sore thumb. Not because it had all the lights, it's because it just had one little string of lights atop of the roof. And that string of lights came down to the ground, and there was a Grinch holding that string of lights like he was pulling them off. <laughs> you know, some people have a tough, tough time getting into the Christmas spirit, and I think that man or woman that had that house was like that. But, you know, the Christmas spirit, when we talk about that, is... Um, something that we can have throughout the year. It's not just something that we talk about in December. It's something that we can have all year long. You know, Christmas comes and goes. A lot of things with Christmas comes and goes. Uh, but, uh, but we could be like uh, the lady. I'm sure you've heard of this story before. I'm pretty sure I've heard pastors share this story. But you could be like the, the lady where Christmas didn't end for her because she wanted to send out Christmas cards but she waited to the last minute, and she went out and rushed and grabbed these Christmas cards off the shelf. She didn't read them, didn't look at the inside of them, and she got them out. She had 49 people she wanted to send the cards to, so she hurried up and filled them out and sent them out with never reading them. Well, the day after Christmas, she got to relax. She looked, and she had one left over. There was 50 in the pack. So she looked at that one card, and inside it says, this card is just to say a little gift is on the way. Christmas was not over for her. She had to send those gifts out or, or uh, make some apologies. Christmas was not over for her. But coming in to the end of the Christmas season, like we're at now, there are a lot of things that will come to an end. You know, uh, I managed to go, believe it or not, all December without watching a single Hallmark Christmas movie. First time since I've been married. I went and made it all of December without watching a Hallmark Christmas movie until yesterday. I was at my in-laws and uh, they, they were playing a Hallmark Christmas movie. And you know, when you're at your in-laws, you watch what they do. You're polite and you listen and you watch. So we did that. And, uh, but Hallmark kind of doesn't give up easily. I think they'll probably have them for a, a little while longer. Just ask my wife, she'll be able to tell you that. Christmas shopping is over. Christmas shopping is over. How many men here like are glad that that part's over? You know, I am. I'm, 
Not that I don't like to give gifts, it's the shopping part that I don't like. Uh, it reminds me of these two men, it was on coming up to uh, Christmas and their wives went out Christmas shopping. Well, those two, they went off fishing. They went out on the, uh, this huge lake and uh, they got out there and they were fishing and all of a sudden the storm comes up and it's just blowing them all over the place. When their boat capsizes, okay, first of all, they've been out there hours, they hadn't caught anything, and their boat capsized, and so they uh, almost drowned, almost died. They had to swim to shore. They got to shore, the shore was all muddy, they had to climb up this cliff, and uh, they were freezing, it was freezing cold, and almost got frostbitten, and they looked at each other, and they go, better than Christmas shopping, isn't it? Well, that's how guys can be. But. So Christmas shopping is over. That part of the, of, uh, the year is over. Um, Christmas cookies. I tell you, we've got more Christmas cookies this year than ever before. Uh, but I don't imagine we're going to send out Christmas cookies the rest of the year either, right? Christmas cookies are over. Uh, soon there won't be any more Christmas decorations. It seems like just yesterday we were meeting to put these Christmas lights up. And uh, very soon we'll be meeting to take those down. Um, I'm sure all the stores are already taking them down if they haven't already and putting up things for the next holiday. Uh, there's not going to be any more practices for Christmas programs. That's all done. Won't be any more singing of Christmas hymns and carols unless one of the children picks it on favorites night like sometimes happens through the year. They'll pick a Christmas song, but uh, so we won't have any Christmas songs. Um, Special Christmas services like we had New Year's Eve, which also reminds me of a story. Got a lot of stories tonight. It's uh, Grace Davidson took her uh, granddaughter, that was four years old, to Christmas Eve service for the first time. And she was so excited because normally she would be in children's church, but she got to go to big person's church for the first time, so she was super excited. So at the beginning of the service, the pastor was praying, and he says, We thank you, Lord, for your presence. The little girl's eyes flew up, and she said, Wow, we're getting presents tonight. <laughs> Granny said, and uh, that was not what the pastor meant, obviously. Well, we may not have uh, the presence of Christmas to look forward to, but we can enjoy the presence of God throughout the year because of what Christmas means. You know those Christmas gifts, I'm sure many of you got them. My niece, my niece got a really cool Christmas gift uh, on Chris, Christmas Day. Now Stacy and I got there early, and uh, uh, my father-in-law, he's retired, and uh, he's discovered the home shopping network since he's been retired. You know, the QVC and all those channels, so he's uh, ordered lots of things off of QVC, and uh, he got this really cool thing for his uh, granddaughter. It's a little, uh, like a drone, a little green thing that blows air. You put your hand on it, and you can move it away. You don't have to touch it. You just put your hand on it. It moves all around. So he, it, it, he ordered two of them. One, so me and him were playing with it before uh, we opened gifts, and we were having a good time with that. But then his, our, my niece opens one, and uh, she was super excited to get one. And then the next day, she went to play with it, and it wasn't working. She didn't get to enjoy the gift because it was broke. 
Well, the good thing about Christ and the gift that we have of His presence is it doesn't break, it doesn't go away, we don't lose it, but are we enjoying it? And we can enjoy His presence all year. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we close out this Christmas season, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that the gift of Christmas, your presence, will be with us all year long. Lord, we're thankful that we can enjoy that gift. Lord, that we can have joy in your presence, Lord. We thank you that we are not left here alone. Lord, your gift endures. So, Lord, as we look forward to this coming year, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we practice your presence. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, the Christmas story, we often, if you ask someone to read the Christmas story, they'll turn to Luke chapter 2 or maybe Matthew and read the Christmas story. And uh, we'll stop somewhere in chapter 2. But really, that is not the end of the Christmas story. That's just the introduction of the Christmas story. It's the introduction of Christ coming into this world, as Josh said in his prayer, in the flesh, coming down from heaven into the flesh in all humility to live amongst us. So Matthew one twenty three says this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. Now, it's kind of hard. I don't think we can have enough awe or amazement at what that means. God with us. So God in the flesh in this, in, 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 in the form of a baby, there is God. And he lived amongst us. Now, when Jesus was born, it was the first time, I believe, since the Garden of Eden that God physical presence was among the people. Uh, they could enjoy his physical presence. He was there. In case there is any doubt that Jesus is God, listen to what he said in John chapter 10. By the way, this, this doctrine about who, about the incarnate Christ is what separates us from, uh, when you hear Islam say that they believe in Jesus too. They'll believe he's a prophet, okay? Or in other uh, different denominations will say certain things about Christ and who he is. But we believe that Christ was 100% God and 100% man, okay? 100% God he, and 100% man. He felt like we felt. He experienced the things that we feel. Of course, he was out sin uh, and... Uh, we know that he rose from the dead, proving that he was God. But look in his own words what he said in John chapter 10 and verse 30. He says, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father, for which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. So here they were in the presence 
of their Messiah, the Christ, they did not recognize Him. They were not enjoying His presence. Rather, they were going to stone Him and crucify Him. They said He was blasphemous. They did not know who He was. So, but how can we enjoy the continual presence? I said, Christmas goes on. We can enjoy the presence of Christ throughout the year, but how can we do that? You may be thinking, you know, wait a minute. I know Christ was crucified. I know He was buried. I know He rose from the dead. I know that He came back, but now I know that He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. How can we enjoy the presence of Christ? Well, the first thing that we need to know in order to enjoy the presence of Christ is it is true that Jesus no longer lives among us. He lives in us. What a blessing that is, that He lives in us. So the first thing to enjoy His presence is to know that He lives in us. You might be thinking, wait a minute, I thought we were indwelt by the Holy Spirit, not Christ. Well, that's true. That is true. But look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. This is in John chapter 14, in verse 16. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He's, speak, comforter. he's speaking to his disciples. He says, he's going to be going away. He says, I will pray and give you another comforter. Another comforter. Jesus was known as a comforter. He says, I'll give you another comforter, comforter that he may abide with you forever. Notice that he said forever. The presence of Christ is forever. He will never leave us. But also look on in verse 17. He said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it receive him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. See, notice he's saying, I will come to you. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father are one. We serve one God. One God. So when the Holy Spirit is in us, when we say that, that's the same as Christ being in you as well. They are one. Okay? And he goes on to say, that a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. And that day shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He didn't make a difference between him and the Holy Spirit. He says, I will be in you. So Jesus doesn't make that difference. So I'm comfortable in saying that Christ lives and dwells in us. God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Christ are one. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath unrighteous, or righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, 
I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I am confident that Christ dwells in each and every single believer, and his presence is with us tonight. Isn't that amazing? But do we think about his presence? Do we practice his presence? Most of all, do you enjoy his presence? How can we not if we know who he is, that he dwells in us? But are we enjoying his presence? You know, I'm sure when you got saved, there was an excitement, okay? And uh, you can help but tell everybody about this uh, newfound Savior that you have, the, the, the Christ, and you shared that with people, and, and you enjoyed studying, fellowshiping with Christ, and prayer, and His Word, and other Christians, and, and then uh, are we just like the gifts that we get on Christmas? We open them up, we're excited about them, six months down the road, we're not, no longer even know that it's even in the house anymore. Have we forgotten about the presence of Christ within us? And are we enjoying Him? He wants us to enjoy Him. So, secondly, first we need to know, okay, that Christ is in us. And second, we need to know that Jesus' presence in our heart is by faith. Is by faith. Uh, We can't grow closer to God by our good works. We cannot enjoy His presence by our our, uh, um, giving of tithes and all the sorts of things that we do. Uh, We cannot receive Him by those things. It's by faith. So, You know, the disciples had the privilege and the apostles of seeing Christ in the flesh in in person. We don't have that privilege, but we do have the great privilege of His presence in our hearts. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. By faith. How do I know Christ lives in me? I have never seen Christ. None of us have seen Christ. But I know He lives in me by faith. It's what we believe. Faith being what we believe. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ with passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of of God. You know, many times we do not enjoy the presence of Christ because of unbelief. This applies to after salvation. Okay, so we come to know Christ by faith, but believing the sacrifice made on the cross, we believe Him and we trust Him as our Savior. We, ex- we experience the presence of Christ and the fellowship with Christ, but then from there we go on trying to work and do all kinds of things to enjoy His favor. However, uh, it's by faith that we enjoy the presence of Christ. You know, Thomas, and sometimes our circumstances, maybe we've allowed our circumstances 
to cause us to not enjoy God's presence, which makes me think of Thomas. You know, Thomas, he could not enjoy Christ's presence after his resurrection. Uh, In John chapter 20, you've heard Thomas referred to as doubting Thomas. Now, here Christ uh, is, is... He's hearing the account from the other disciples that Christ has returned. Here he is, and uh, they're all excited. And here's what Thomas says. He says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So Christ was not far away. But he could not enjoy his presence because he says, I will not believe till I see it myself. He goes on to say, and it goes on to say, and after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Now here is Jesus in front of him. He still doesn't believe. He still can see, and he still doesn't believe. He's still not enjoying the presence of Christ. Then came Jesus, doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. But believing. Here, here he was. And here's what Thomas did. And Thomas answered, said unto him, My Lord and my God. Now he finally believes and he can enjoy the presence of God. And Jesus said unto him, Now this is for us, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You see, Thomas was not celebrating with the others, okay? He was not enjoying the presence of the Lord till he saw for himself. He needed some sort of sign, some sort of, to, 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 some, to where he could believe. But perhaps today you are not enjoying the presence of God because you're not seeing Him active in your life. Maybe you're not seeing Him acting in your life. You're not seeing His working in your life. And, uh, for, uh, and you can't grasp a hold of His presence unless you see some working in, his, in your life. Unless you, you see some maybe answer to prayer, something you've been praying for for a long time. Maybe He seems distant and far away from you, and you need some sort of proof that He is present. When He has explicitly told us he would never leave us forsake us, nor forsake us, that he would indwell us, that he is uh, in us. What else do we need but to believe that he is with us? Uh, oftentimes we'll, we'll hear of a praising of God when good things happen in our lives and we say praise God for uh, uh, God is good because he's done this or done that and we acknowledge maybe an answer to prayer because it turned out the way that we wanted it to turn out and uh, so we praise God and maybe we we got these great feelings and we experience uh, we, we talk about the great these feelings as equal to the presence of God But we cannot fall into the trap of determining whether God is present with us based on our feelings and our experience, but by faith and truth and what He said, that He is present with us. 
Now, if we go by our feelings and we go by all these other experiences and things like that, we can begin to doubt like Thomas and need proof. But that's not how we know he's present. We know he's present by faith. And we believe that he is present. You know, we don't have to wait to enjoy him. Even if you're not seeing him at work in your life, we can all experience at times where it seems like God is distant, okay? But you can enjoy Christ's presence tonight. We don't have to wait. Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. That word blessed means happy. You know, there is joy in the presence of the Lord. How in the world are we not joyful people? When He indwells us. But we lack joy often. And I think often we lack that because of unbelief. Of unbelief. We don't believe He's good. We don't believe He's for us. Uh, The Bible tells us if God be for us, who can be against us? We look at the circumstances of this past year, and we look at the election not turning out the way we wanted it to turn out, perhaps. Uh, We look at all the planning that we put into this year, even as a church, that all got pushed to the side that we could not do. We look at all those things and think, God has forsaken us, but he hasn't. So we think he's distant, we think he's far away, but he has promised that he is for us. So we can enjoy God's presence, but we must know that he is with us always through faith. Next, we obedience. Man, some of the word obedience, dude, that uh, may put a shiver in our uh, spine a little bit to enjoying God's presence by obedience. Now, this is not saying works or things like that, but He's always present with us. He's present with us when we're sinning. When we're sinning, God is present with us. But I can tell you this, you're not going to enjoy His presence in the midst of sin. There's no more miserable creature alive than a Christian rebelling against God and continuing to live in sin and refusing to repent. That is a miserable creature that is not enjoying the presence of Christ. So if we continue to live in rebellion against God and continue to live in sin, we, we will not experience the the joy that comes of the presence of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know, in relationships, when one is grieved, okay, uh, they typically aren't talking to you, okay? They may avoid you, okay? God's not avoiding us, but we're, when, when we grieve the Holy Spirit by our sin and we continue in sin with our sinful attitudes even, we, can, we may not have uh, these outward sins, but we may have inward sins in our attitudes that has, caught, that has grieved the Holy Spirit. And we don't hear His voice, so we don't sense His presence. So we need to lay aside those things that cause us to not enjoy the presence of God. So obedience, or the lack of obedience, would cause us to not enjoy the presence of Christ. Next, uh, we look at uh, how we can enjoy His presence, 
and uh, is to spend time with him. How can you enjoy the presence of someone that you don't know that well? I tell you what, it's much more enjoyable to spend time with someone and get to know someone, and you have more to talk about and more uh, things uh, that you can fellowship about. Uh, but oftentimes, we uh, lack the presence of God because we're not even spending time with Him in His Word. So we need to spend time with Him through the testimony of the Word and, of other, and, and spending time with other Christians. How many missed that time that where we weren't meeting together? Okay, where as a church we were sh- shut down. Uh, we were only having online services, and uh, so you could only watch at home. How many of you missed the fellowship that comes with that? Okay, well, part of the reason why we miss that is because it, the truth about the Christ and us and us and Christ in fellowship. Together, when we're fellowshipping with each other, it helps us to sense the presence of Christ when we fellowship with other Christians. So uh, also the worship and all those things, but fellowshipping with other Christians uh, is a way that we can experience Christ and his presence as well. Because Christ dwells in you, he dwells in me, he dwells in all believers. When we come together as the body of Christ, we can experience his presence there as well. But Jesus said this as well in John chapter 1, verse 14. He said, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, Jesus' life was the ultimate source of teaching truth and grace. It was His revelation, the Word become life. Uh, Jesus in the flesh was the Word in flesh, and he was the ultimate teacher of truth and grace. The spoken word became flesh. His life was revelation. But we should study that life. We should get into the word and study the life of Christ and, uh, and learn about Christ. And it helps us to grow in our fellowship with him. And it helps us to grow in uh, in enjoying the presence of Christ by knowing Him. So look at what John said in 1 John about Jesus being the Word. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the Word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. What are they saying? The testimony that we're sharing with you is to help you enjoy Christ more. The testimony we have, having lived with Christ, having seen with Christ, we share with you is to help you that your joy may be full. And here we have eyewitness testimony of the life of Christ, and we don't bother to pick it up and read it. Therefore, we lack in enjoying the presence of Christ. So if you want to enjoy someone's presence, you need to get to know them. If you want to enjoy Christ's presence, 
It helps to read the accounts of his life from those that lived with him. We all have a testimony about Christ as well. That's why fellowship is so great. I remember getting saved and coming in and hearing uh, uh, stories about how God had worked in many of your lives and sharing those stories about Christ and what He's done for each and every one of you and uh, the, the great blessing that is to share what God's presence in your life means. So we all have a testimony that we share. Now, if we just stayed at home and we never got to enjoy those testimonies, uh, I think we would begin to doubt His presence. But when we can see Christ at work in the lives of others, we can hear the stories, we know and enjoy the presence of Christ. But do you enjoy when you hear testimonies of others, how Christ uh, uh, is uh, working in the lives of others? And we should take great joy in that. You know, notice in verse 3 that enjoying fellowship with other believers is a way of enjoying fellowship with Christ. He said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that, ye, that we also may have fellowship with us. So he says that your fellowship would be with us. And he, but here's what he says about that fellowship. He said, And truly our fellowship is with the Father. So when we fellowship with each other, we're not just fellowship with each other, we're fellowshipping with Christ as well. Because Christ is in us and us in Christ. We are the body of Christ. You know, John, again, said these things, that our joy would be full. Why? We need to meditate on the life of Christ instead of our own lives. Too often we are not enjoying the presence of Christ because we're not meditating on Christ. We're not meditating on His Word. We're meditating on our own lives and the problems and the cares of the world. We're meditating on those things and we're forsaking the joy of His presence because we have become consumed with our own cares of our own lives. So we need to meditate on Christ and His life. Next is to spend time with him in prayer, to spend time with him in prayer. You know, we have the great privilege as Christians to come into God's presence through prayer, anytime and anywhere, anytime and anywhere. But it is the most neglected, I believe, privilege as a Christian that we have is the privilege of prayer that we have to come into his presence. And we don't have to go to a temple far away. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to do all these rituals and all these things. The Bible tells us we can come boldly into His presence. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 15 says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Because of Christmas, okay, because Jesus came into the world in the flesh, he knows the weakness of our human uh, flesh. He knows our infirmities. This is why the doctrine of the incarnation, 100% God, 100% man is so important. He knows what it's like to be 
in the flesh, in, our, in, in flesh. Okay? He knows our weaknesses. So when we come to him, we're not coming to someone that doesn't know, that doesn't understand. He understands. And uh, because he was without sin, he was able to free us from the penalty and power of sin. We, we, I don't think we nearly appreciate that like we should. Uh, we don't have the power. The power of sin is not over us anymore. We don't have to sin. We choose to sin. That he set us free from the power of sin, the penalty of sin. We have his presence because of that. But too often times we find ourselves not enjoying the presence because uh, we are, are overcome by sin. And we're not going to prayer because of it. We don't spend time in prayer because we're spending time consuming all these other things of the world and we're not enjoying His presence in prayer because we've chosen other things over Christ and we neglect prayer. Uh, the prayer meeting is one of the least attended services of, of any church. I I'm comfortable in saying it's probably any church, the prayer service. Not that you have to come to a prayer service to pray. You can pray anywhere, anytime. You don't have to come to church to pray. But... Why don't we want to pray? Why don't we want to go into His presence? Is it unbelief? Is it sin? Why are we avoiding God in prayer? And that's what it is when we don't pray. We're avoiding God. And I think sometimes it has to do with our sin. But He secured our ability to go directly to God through prayer. You have no intermediary. You have Christ as your intermediary. You have no human intermediary. You can go directly to Christ in prayer. Enjoy the presence of God. He says in verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4, he says, Let us therefore, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, sometimes I think we have kind of a Charlie Brown complex. You know, Charlie Brown was a, kind of pessimistic and woe is me. You know, we kind of can be like that as Christians. We could look at this past year and say, you know, the government's trying to keep us from having services or we can look at uh, different things going on in the world and maybe we're not as favored as Christians as we once were and we can get this kind of woe is me as being a Christian. Woe is me. Well, Charlie Brown... That's how Charlie Brown was. You know, he was having trouble if you watch the Christmas uh, spirit. I think it's called a Char uh, Charlie Brown Christmas Story, uh, the movie with Charlie Brown. And he was just having this trouble getting the Christmas spirit. Linus comes up to me, him and says, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Sometimes we can take being a Christian as if it's some sort of uh, burden. It's not a burden. It's good to be a Christian. It is good to be a Christian. Uh, we can talk about persecution. It's hard. If we're thinking about the things that we can't do because we're Christians, we've totally, totally missed the point of what Christmas is all about. You have God in you. Why aren't you enjoying His presence? This is why I think it's important, and I don't like it when people ask this question. Is it okay for me as a Christian to do fill in the blank? Drink, go to movies, whatever. 
It's the wrong question. Why do you want to do those things? Why do you want to get your entertainment from those things? You have Christ living in you. Why aren't you enjoying it? Why aren't we satisfied by it? It's the gift that we have received, the gift of his presence in us, but yet we neglect it and we don't enjoy it. So sometimes we, and like, we're just like Charlie Brown. The problem is that we don't have trouble getting into the Christmas spirit during Christmas season. That's not the problem that we have. That's usually not too hard to do, is that we have trouble enjoying what Christmas is all about in all seasons of life. No matter what's going on, you can enjoy his presence. So the Christmas season may be over, okay? But the gift of his presence continues. And we can enjoy it all year. But are you enjoying it now? And I hope for 2021, no matter what 21 comes, or what is in store for us, I don't know what it's going to be. There are going to be some highs and lows, I'm sure. But one thing is true. We can enjoy Christ's presence through all of it because he said he'd be there through every season of life. So let's close with a word of prayer. Uh, do you want to close in prayer, Pastor? Okay. Well, we're not going to have an invitation tonight, but I want to challenge you as we go into 2021 that uh, practice the presence of Christ. Put into practice some of these principles. And remember, it's not uh, uh, an experience. It's not a feeling. It's a fact that Christ indwells you if you are saved. So let's stand and we'll close with a word of prayer and then we'll be dismissed.